So right now, at this very moment, my living room is covered with hmm, a moderate amount of uh, children's toys. We did an okay job cleaning, but there are innumerable honey bears filled with water with chunks of food on them. Uh, that's what my daughter drinks out of. Uh, let's see what else is around here. There are dishes, which my wife is so thankfully taking care of right now. Um, I just got done putting my daughter to bed, and there, there's about, yeah, I would say a billion pieces of laundry to fold. And I, all that to say, I could really go for a whole bunch of woodland animals right now to really just clean up my place. I really, 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 really enjoyed Enchanted, the movie that we're here to see today. I think James Marsden and Amy Adams put in 110%, and I think that is enough of a reason to see this movie. I had some quibbles with it because I'm a huge Disney nerd. Ryan, not so much, but I think we came to a consensus on this one. And that consensus was, there is magic. And you should love the magic. Welcome to A Gentleman's Guide to Rom-Com and all that. I'm Kelly Song. That's Ryan Graves. Ryan, why didn't you tell me that we were watching another James Marsden movie? That's two. If there's <laughs> one more, then we go into s- sudden death. That's where we have to do a drunk episode. <laughs> oh, oh, I kind of just want to make it happen. I just want to, like, force it. I- <laughs> no, we can't force it. The gods <laughs> must punish us, reward us. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> James Marsden. A I've charming individual. <laughs> Of true love's kiss. Giselle! <laughs> what what movie are we talking about today? Let's just... Oh, wait, no, no. Wait, wait. Put, pull that emergency brake on your carriage. Screech. We're pulling over into the game corner. Yay! Ryan, this is your Disney movie princess trivia game. Oof. And I know you don't know a lot about it, but I'm going to try to sling you some... Some, I, what, what what's the pitch that's easy to hit? A nice a nice slow one over the plate. Um, I'm like, what's a normal ball? <laughs> it's like I'm gonna throw you a normal ball. <laughs> you got fastball, curveball, screwball, normal ball, normal ball. No, like I'm, what is he like? If the pitcher wants to like, oh yeah, this is gonna throw him off. Just straight down the middle, nice clean pitch. Like he he <laughs> seventy seven miles per hour. Like Ash Ketchum, you know, <laughs> instead of like turning his hat sideways, he takes his hat and puts it back <laughs> forward. He's like, don't worry, this is gonna be it's gonna be straight and narrow. This is gonna be as hetero of a ball as possible. <laughs> this is a normal ball. <laughs> exactly. So you, you, Ryan, are now gonna answer these questions. Okay. Okay. I need you to name five characters from Beauty and the Beast that are not the Beast, Belle, or Gaston. Oh, okay. Um, you've got um, Philip, right? That's the kid's name. Chip. 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 There's one. <laughs> Who's Philip? I don't know. He just looks like a Philip to me. Oh, like there's a Philip in this movie. Oh, because um, I think his name Robert is Chip Phillip. because there's like a chip in his cup. But if it wasn't a cup, I don't think he should be named Chip. No, he's like a Hogwarts professor. Um, yeah, 
Um, do you think the Hogwarts professors changed their name to fit their career, or do you think their careers were predetermined by their names? I mean, if your name is Professor Professor Trelawney, like well, Trelawney have, Trelawney's whatever though. She knew, right? She no, she didn't. Knew. She didn't because she can't. But but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. So Chip knew he was going to be a cup. Yeah. Well, maybe he chip. had a chip in his tooth already. I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's one. You got Chip. You've got. Um, I see him in my head. You got um, the, the candle. Candleman. Candle. Yep, that's right. That's candle two. Guy? Nope. <laughs> um, What's his name? Candle guy. Okay, candle guy. Yeah, that's two. Oh. What's his official name? Like on when, sorry, when Mama Candle and Papa Candle went to the baby store and picked him up and then they filled out like the candle birth certificate. Yeah. What's his name? What's on there? John Wick. That's good, right? Yeah, it's very Do good. Do you guys get it? John Wick? John Wick. That's candle. That was. <laughs> um, okay. Um, there's a dog, isn't there? Isn't there a dog? Uh, yeah, there's a dog and he used to be a, I'll, I'll even, you don't even have to give me his name. Cause I don't know it. Oh, but you can t- just tell me what he was—a dog. No, before he was a dog. No. He- well, he was a dog. Then in between being a dog. Oh shit! He was. Uh, oh, he was a footrest. There you go. Okay. Oh yeah. Footrest dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Two more. <laughs> Mrs. Potts. There you go. All oh, right. Yes. Chip's mom, Mrs. Potts. Yeah. Also named after her career. Um. Mr. Potts. Nope. Okay. Wait, well, or I- if he was, he's dead. <laughs> Lumiere. There you go. Well, no, that just fulfills your candle. <laughs> yeah, so, so John still... Wick is actually Lumiere. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, ooh, come on. We can do this, guys. One more. We can do this. <laughs> um, God damn it. I really did think this was going to be the easy one. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it since I was probably six. I really haven't watched it since. And I... Just think of the characters there are. I know. I'm just like, think of the characters. I'm like, Ryan. looking at their faces... There's, oh, 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 I got it. I got it. Cogsworth? Yeah! Yes! 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 Because I'm like, there's a clock thing. Mm-hmm. It's that clock guy. Boom! You did it. You and then did it. John Wick 2. John Wick 2. He's Lumiere's brother. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that was one. Oh, no. That was, that was the first question. Oh, God, okay. Okay. <laughs> what type of fish is Ariel's best friend uh, in The Little Mermaid. Flounder guy. Flounder is yeah. his name. Yeah. And he's also a flounder. Flounder, yeah. Perfect. Because that was like, wait, isn't that his name? Or is that what he is? Uh, I mean, he's the titular flounder. He is what he is. Mm-hmm. I am what I am. And he's a yam. Well, he's a fish. Okay. Last question. What is the name of Jasmine's tiger? Raz al Ghul. <laughs> no. You're so close. Raja. Raja. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Did you know and you were just I knew. You were just, just being a fun I guy. Just, I was messing with you. I, well, lo- I loved Aladdin. Aladdin I watch all the time. Beauty yeah. and the Beast I didn't watch. Lion King was too much for me. I didn't watch Lion King a lot, but Aladdin was my go-to. Lion King was, I mean, your dad also got run over by Wildebeest. Yeah. So, yeah and my uncle, I still got, I got stuff with my uncle. Yeah, your uncle's a cool guy. <laughs> they're, they're all cool. Oh, yeah, you have so many uncles. Yeah. You have 12 uncles. None of them have the um, nefarious lion quality to them. Do you have any step uncles? Thank God I don't. Well, watch out for those. In this movie, I bet there are, well, there weren't any of those step uncles in this movie, but there was a stepmother. What what movie were we talking about today? We're talking about Enchanted. 
Disney's Enchanted. Disney's Enchanted. Um, do you want me to just jump in and tell you a story? Yeah, tell me a story. Tell me a story, Turk. Let me tell you a story about love, D'Artagnan. I ask you about love, probably quote me a sonnet. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. That's the end. What do you mean, that's the end? That's not. It's the beginning of something interesting. Listen, that's the end of that saga. The end. We dive right into, I love the intro, we do the Disney uh, animation. I think this is the debut of the new animation that we've been seeing, because I remember... Of the castle, you mean? The castle I was used to was just a plain old white castle against blue. Yeah, right? it was a drawing, yeah. for sure. And, and I love that one. Sometimes yeah. it had crosses like hatched into yeah. it, and sometimes it didn't. I wonder if that's been replaced... If I go and watch Aladdin on Disney Plus, I wonder if they replaced it with the new one. Well, I hope not. I like that old one a I lot. I would not put it past Disney. They would. That's yeah. the total stuff. The malarkey they do. Um, so, I like this new castle. That's yeah, it's a nice castle, and I like that they Indiana Jones it, where yeah. where it's like it's actually part of the world. Yeah. So yeah, they go into good. the castle, and it's already getting meta because it's like it's before they're making all these jokes about Disney princess rules. movies. Disney yeah. princess trope stuff. Yeah. And they're like, isn't that kind of silly? Mm-hmm. And like Frozen started to say, isn't that kind of silly? That was the first movie to be like, wait, this is, these no, tropes this are weird. Is the one. This is the one. Yeah. This is the that really janitor of off. that. Yeah. Did you see Frozen? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen the second one, but I want to. Yeah. Um, Tangled also gets into the tropes too. I feel like as soon as Disney thought about buying Marvel, like this was inevitable. Yeah. And I like a certain amount of self-reflection. And I think this movie is a, it it knows what it's doing. Yeah. And so I'm like, yes, I like that about this movie. But I do like sincere storytelling as well. Yeah. Not, not, and I'm not talking about this movie, but there's a little bit too much sometimes in Disney movies these days where they're like, okay, we know, we know, let's talk about it a little bit. And then we'll get back to the story. And I'm like, right. you guys don't need to do that. I right think now. it's Lindsay Ellis who has a good YouTube uh, like video about Disney's corporate like insertion into things. Be like, we're such assholes, right? Yeah. Like corporations suck, don't they? Right? But we're, right? we're actually one of you we're, because we know. No, but we get it. We get it. We get it. It's like you're underpaying all these people. Like You're oh, my no, vice right? principal and I'm in detention right now. What are you talking about? I'm on your level. So uh, YouTube Lindsay Ellis. I think it's her Hunchback and Notre Dame episode. YouTube she talks y- about Lindsay Ellis about everything. She's really great. Um, so yeah, we jump into the castle. Looks great. Um, and we're in this 1940s Sleeping Beauty animation. Yeah, and and it's just it's just updated enough to feel fresh. Yeah, but still very much akin. Yeah, and, very much in so. tune. And if you didn't know what this movie's thing was, if you were going in cold it's, and you got ten minutes into this thing, you're like, "Wow, is this what we're doing?" Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is Robin either forgot or didn't know that it was going to be live action uh-huh. and she just thought we were watching like a funny movie that was riffing on disney yeah and and i think she knew it was a disney movie and so but it was it was so great when it when eventually it did become live action she was like oh <laughs> yeah. oh cool because this is the kind of movie where i'd want to go in stone cold knowing nothing about it yeah because it's just such a good twist yeah totally um, so we meet Giselle. Giselle. I've been dreaming. Oh. <laughs> I love how um, Marsden. I want to say Jason Marsden. 
I think Jason. You're, you're thinking of um, James Marston. Who who's J- the Jason voice? Marston. Who's the voice of no Spike. Max Goof? Who's Spike? Um, I don't know. Spike is James Marston. But there's no. <laughs> I think there's Jason Marsden is the voice of uh, Max Goof. Oh, in a goofy okay. movie. I mean, Max Goof is great. Yeah, yeah. But it's James, Jim Marsden. You know what I love about Max Goof? What? That he stands out above he, the crowd. He really does. You gotta believe that I gotta wanna stay. Stand out above Play us out, Powerline. James Marsters. James Mars. He plays Spike. Oh, there's thanks, too Spike. many James Mars somethings. Uh, we meet Giselle, who is this pretty princess. Oh, and the the lore is we have this evil queen, Narissa, played by Susan Sarandon, right. who's wonderful, and she's evil, and I, I guess some kind of totalitarian. They don't get into her evilness, but she she's kind of like this monarch oligarch because she just wants to stay in power no right. matter what, and she's she's got evil witchy powers, mm-hmm. and. And her whole thing is, as long as James Marsden, who plays Prince Edward, mm-hmm. as long as he doesn't marry, he's not going to inherit the throne. the throne. So yeah. she can't, he can't fall in love and get married. And I love that he can't fall, like, this is not a very feudal land. It's like, no, he's got to actually be in love in order to get married. Right, right. He like, can't just marry. Well, I think what she's done, essentially, like, they're just like... She's made it hard for him to <laughs> fall in love. I think she's killed every other available woman that he would yeah. fall in love with around here. I mean, the Which, way that he moons over Giselle, A, it's it's the likeness of Amy Adams, so I get it. Sure. But mm-hmm. also, he probably hasn't seen any other like available woman at in all. In years. <laughs> um, and he has the virility of a Disney prince, so I, sure. I get it. His sword is long. <laughs> And the I, I love that it's like the trope is that Susan Sarandon, aka Queen Narcissa, uh, or Narissa, is <laughs> isn't that a Harry Potter character? Draco's mom is right. Narcissus. Narcissus. Narcissa. <laughs> Narcissa. But she is basically the evil stepmom. Uh-huh. But she's all the evil stepmoms because yeah. she's got a little Maleficent in her. Mm-hmm. She's got a little bit of the evil actual stepmom from uh cinderella she's got the snow white evil witch with the apples she's totally got the snow white villain yeah it's she's just rogues gallery she's yeah she is the rogues gallery yeah and so i like the idea that she's killed off all the other princesses yeah you know (laughs) yeah because we don't hear mention of any of them except for little red riding hood right you know yeah good old red i'd like to see red show up in the sequel and you know amy adams calling somebody red is a little rich but anyway (laughs) red um (laughs) so yeah giselle and prince edward he prince edward's out hunting ogres and 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 he's he's running around with peter pettigrew yeah like i'm like don't trust this guy i love how the animated versions of these actors look just like them you know it would be cool to have an animated harry potter show Oh, I think that's the I think that's the way the only way you could do it is wouldn't that be really good? Take seven good years. Yes. And to make seven good shows. I would do all the stuff in between all the other stuff happening. It's like I understand there's a chamber of secrets, but what's going on in potions today? Exactly. <laughs> it would be so cool. That's would- what you do. Have all the not Harry Potter characters like have all the like it's like these assholes are up to it again. God damn it. It's just called Hogwarts, comma, minus the drama. Could you just imagine it's just about these four Hufflepuff students just like not wanting to get involved? I love that idea. <laughs> just they're like, uh, Gryffindor, 
calm down. Actually, if if I was going to write this show, it would be about a trial program where um, they took each they took four students uh, from each of the houses, and they all had to spend a year together. Uh. And so that would be the first year is this trial program, and then at the end they all become best friends. I love it. Yeah. And then season two. I don't know what happens. Come on, Warner Brothers, get on it. Anyways, anyways, Giselle and Edward meet. They and they fall in sing, love immediately. They sing the True Love's Kiss song. You know, we're going to fall in love and be together forever. Yeah. Um, conundrums happen. She gets pushed into a well. Yeah, they're going they're, to get married. But, the next day. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're absolutely getting married. But then uh, the queen pushes her into a well, and then uh, she falls into the real world through a sewer grate. Super Mario World style. Yes. You ever see that so. movie? She kills a couple turtles. Wait, did you see the Super Mario World movie? Yes, I did. So you understand where they got this idea. It's Super Mario World, the movie. I mean, like, not the game, the movie specifically. Look, like, they I, watched a John Leguizamo movie and they're like, this is what we do. No, I think if you put 20 monkeys in a room, <laughs> they could each, without talking to each other, probably come up with this idea. That's how bad the Super Mario movie is. I mean, it's got its, it's bad for a lot of reasons. It's got its moments. Check it out. Maybe have a drink before, but check it out. Uh, so yeah, she gets into the real world, and she's a Disney princess in the real, real world, and that's the pitch that they, the executives did. They're like, imagine if Cinderella came to modern day New York. And, I love it. And it, I love it too. It's as charming as the prince is. Yeah. Amy um, Adams is amazing. And and I like this like suspension of disbelief that the movie has about this, where she has basically all of her powers from the yeah. other world in this world. But in New York. But in New York, right? And- there's a little bit of inconsistency here because for some reason the squirrel doesn't, the squirrel can't talk here, but Amy right. Adams can call legions of pigeons to her. But the pigeons don't talk. No, I know, but they're <laughs> like, but that's my question is, is Amy Adams, the prince, the witch, they all have exactly what they have in the other world in this world? Uh, y- yeah. Except for the squirrel. The yeah. The squirrel can't talk. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's fine. Just look, that's it's the lore it's, it's and not deal movie with it. breaking to <laughs> Just me. Take the lore and shove it. So, take this lore and shove it. Um, so she, how does she meet Mr. Dempsey again? Um, she thinks she sees an enchanted castle, but it's really just a billboard. Oh, that's right. She and has a bad. I love, I love that this. The guy, she talks to this homeless dude who steals her her tiara. Uh-huh. She chases after him, and she's like, "That's not nice." <laughs> So we meet P. Demps, and he's a divorce attorney, and we meet this unhappy couple that he's working with. Do you think divorce attorneys have to be divorced? Like, kind of like how um, a psychiatrist has to, like, go through, you know, a session? Um, I think that is the rule. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're not allowed. They won't let you in. And he's he's dating a witch herself, Edina Menzel. Mm -hmm. I think she was doing Wicked by this time. I think she was. Yeah, this is 2000. Yeah, totally. She had certainly done Rent. This is so. 2008? Yeah, so yeah. 2007, 2008. She had done Rent, so she she had her bona fides. Yeah. Which is weird. She doesn't sing in this movie. It is weird. It's like, hello, 
Was Do this, not understand who you cast. Was this just her turn at doing movie acting? I don't know, because it, she had done the movie Rent. The right. movie rent. The movie rent was like a 2005. Yeah. Film. So like, I feel like she had earned her 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 stripes to do yeah, to maybe, do big stuff. Maybe she was like, I liked acting in that. I don't need to sing. Just cast me. Yeah, I guess so. But I feel like they cast her because she played a witch. Yeah. I don't know what is going on, Disney. I don't know. Do you not understand what you've got? Plus, plus, you have Julie Andrews as the narrator here, who also played a witch, <clears throat> aka Mary Poppins. She might also be a time lord. I'm not sure, <laughs> but um. Uh, yeah, you just have a lot of like meta stuff going on yeah. in this movie. Peter Pettigrew is in this movie. Yeah, who I mean, is a wizard. Maybe that was it. Maybe they didn't even Sorry, Timothy Spall. <laughs> but maybe they're they had Adina Menzel. And it's like we really don't have any more songs to sing. But do you want to do it anyways? She's like, oh, I can I can act too. <laughs> <laughs> sure. They're like, no, just bring some music to set. She's like, I'd really rather not. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna act. So yeah, that's the we meet her. She seems nice, but he's also got a daughter who's like seven, and she's trepidatious of this Indina Menzel person because of right. course she's a witch. Right. Exactly. And I just want to clarify. Not in this movie. Not in this movie, <laughs> just in real life. She's a normal person in this movie. Right, but in real life, she's a witch. <laughs> um, so Patrick Dempsey catches Amy Adams because Amy Adams is trying to break into this billboard that looks like a castle. And he catches her, and she's like, oh, thanks, Patrick Dempsey. And he's trying to get rid of her, but then she ends up staying at his apartment. Because he's a nice guy. Right, he's a nice guy. And then she makes clothes out of his curtains, and she tidies up the whole place because he's kind of living it up bachelor style you know this movie really reminded me i never thought about this but it's very close and akin to elf no yeah robin i didn't realize this at first but as soon as the movie finished she's like it's disney princess elf you know they deserve each other (laughs) Like they yeah. don't, they don't, but like they have the same sensibilities of like we got to take these New Yorkers and really cheer them up. Super positive, can do magical things, and will take pieces of the house and make it into something cheerful. Falls in love with uh, a crotchety person. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't say that Zoe Deschanel in that movie is necessarily crotchety, but she's much yeah. more crotchety than he is. She's pretty grumpy. Yeah. And Amy Adams is like princessing all over the place. She in probably one of the best scenes that I've seen in a movie in a while. She calls the cockroaches, the rats, the pigeons oh. and like the flies of New York to come help her clean an apartment. Yeah. Disney princess style. It's great. Can I can I pause the movie uh-huh. here for a second and say, what do you think of Patrick Dempsey as a love interest? This is the third movie we've had Patrick Dempsey in Maid of Honor, Valentine's Day and this one. Man, those first two are horrific, and this is a little, so much better because the material lends itself movie-wise to be m- much, much better. better. He's much better. I I don't mind him as an actor in this movie, yeah. at all. But can I tell you what? I'm gonna spoil kind of a little bit of what I think of the ending of this movie. Uh huh. I want her to be with James Marston. <laughs> Giselle. There is almost nothing to me that is lovable about Patrick Dempsey in this movie. And on top of that, she seems like she's fallen in love with him, but there's almost nowhere in this movie where I see Patrick Dempsey actually falling in love with her. Um, well, you weren't paying attention because it is there. Go ahead. Um, they almost kiss at one point in time when they're standing and then he walks away. 
Well, he I guess, likes he likes. Her. I guess I'll answer your criticism, and we're just going to have to summarize this movie backwards because of it. Okay, because he sees her at this ball late in the movie, and she's dressed like a normie. She's dressed like a normal person, which I think because like throughout the movie, her hair is done up in this ridiculous fashion. Her mm-hmm. the dress that she comes in the universe in is absurd, and I love it. Yeah, it's great. Amazing and every costume dress, design. And every dress she makes since is also beautiful. Yeah, these very Snow White, you know, dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, so he just sees her as this princess throughout the movie, but then he sees her as a normie mm-hmm. and in that way sees her for who she really is down inside. Wait a second. Let me finish. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Let me finish. Go ahead. <laughs> because she to him is coming off as this pie in the sky person and is just playing this part of like oh but everyone must be happy together and true love is forever and Uh this very naive Uh like outlook on the world and he his view of her is just like she is just kind of fake and is not sure real i get all this i like this inverse make makeup or uh what is dress down She's dressed down, whereas the she's all that thing is she's dressed up. The um, makeover, mm-hmm. the princess diaries is a makeover, sure. and we see her in a new light. This is a make under. This is a make under, and I really like that he's he's attracted to her when she's made under, because when she's in her full princess mode, he's like, oh, no, I'm good. But when he sees her dressed down, he's like, oh, yeah. I but like falling in love, true. Like because this okay, so this movie is predicated on true love's kiss. Right. Um, from the beginning, Amy Adams as Giselle. Giselle! When she's animated, is like, once I have true love's kiss, which is not sex, um, I will like fall in love and live happily ever after. Right. Yep. And so this movie depends on true love's kiss. Yeah. And at the end, spoiler alert, everybody, don't worry, we'll we'll <laughs> jump back and then move forward to here. When she is kissed by Robert Phillip. A, AKA two other princes, Mr. Patrick Dempsey. It's in a head now. That's two princes. Oh, um, God. <laughs> anyway, so when he sees her at the ball, he immediately f- falls in love with her, is what you're saying. And Disney style. Disney style. Okay, I, I think you can't... Only in a Disney movie, I think this is acceptable. I, I Especially this Disney movie. I, I, I hear what you're saying, for sure. I, I, I think you can fall in love. I think there's love at first sight, right? Yeah. And I think you can fall in love with someone in an instant. But changing somebody's outfit so that they fall in love... And nay, nay, not only that, but I think what this movie does is it takes what Amy Adams is... Mm-hmm. And it says, actually, her being more realistic is more attractive Mm -hmm. rather than being as optimistic as she is. And I don't like that because I love her character being a princess (laughs) and and a princess who's positive and who's championing everybody. I like that, Amy Adams. That that doesn't go away. That's that that remains the same. What what this movie does is it ships like buying a bunch of clothes when somebody could make their own clothes, are you kidding me? And then she just goes out and buys a bunch of clothes and wears those clothes to the ball, and that makes her m- more interesting and unique. I don't think so. It makes her less cool. I, her hair is dressed down. It's not this big poofy thing. He sees. Why her- is that better? 
it's I don't know, but like there's <laughs> because that I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I don't like about it. Patrick Dempsey, a little bit boring, and they're making Amy Adams more boring for him. Well, I mean, there is this. I, I'm I okay know. letting I, this go. I by saw, the way, I saw what he saw. And I'm like, I get it, Patrick Dempsey. Well, she's still Amy Adams, but now she's Amy Adams. She's not he Giselle when she's well when she's got the big poofy hair and the big poofy dress. He sees artifice, and when she's in the normal dress with the hair dressed down, he doesn't see so, artifice. He so, sees the real her. Well, yeah, but the thing is that was the real her. He just couldn't see the real her. And no. so when you're saying once he's she's dressed no, down to his level, he can this, see the real her. No, that's why this movie's brilliant. Because because <laughs> No, it's just flipping something on its head. That's no, all no, it's no. done. No, because like she gets her <laughs> we're really gonna tell this story backwards. She gets a date with uh, Prince, I'm gonna call him no, Charlie. Let's, Prince let's, Edward. Here, wait, wait. Well, no, no, let's argue this let point. Me, we can't no, let go back. Let me finish my point. Let okay, me just but finish we my can't point. Do the movie I know, backwards. but let me finish my point. She has the date with Prince Edward, and now, which felt predestined. Like she, they saw each other in the cartoon world, and they're like, "I've been waiting for my truth." And it's like very like written in stone for these characters that they must fall in love and they must get married because it must. And they're they have no actual reason to love each other. They don't know each other from right. Adam. I get the academia of that. Writing. But then, in the midst of this movie, she thinks about well, who do I actually know well? Who do mm-hmm. I who who do I actually know more about? And you are right in that sense. I will meet you there. It's like I don't know what you're going off of Amy Adams because he's just a dick. Like he's like saying like don't believe in these things. Like be more realistic about stuff. Uh huh. Um, but I do think he pushes her to be more real with him because he like gets her to understand what anger is and yeah. like. I don't mind that at yeah. all. I, I like those parts of the movie. So yeah. let's jump back into it. I hear what you're saying. Let's jump back into it and see if we can't meet somewhere in the middle <laughs> later. Yeah. So basically, people start following Amy Adams through this world because uh, Susan Sarandon can see through like, you know, water, any yeah. liquid uh, she can she can see. I, I think because it acts as a mirror, maybe. Right. And so. She, like James Marsden, um, is told to go follow Amy Adams into New York uh, by Pip, who's this squirrel. That's Amy Adams' friend squirrel. Mm-hmm. And James Marsden, when he lands in New oh York, my God. it is just like, oh, my God, he's arrived. I liked him in 27 Dresses a lot. And now I love him. I love him. Yeah. I love him. He should be in everything. He's the best. He's truly fantastic. Like, there's something about his smile that is so infectious. Yeah. It's great. He's super charming. And I think the viability of a love interest actor with Patrick Dempsey, who they keep casting in rom-coms and romantic movies, mm-hmm. they need to not. Mm. I get it. I don't know what you cast him in. <laughs> what do you do with this kid? Because go back to ER. Well, Patrick Dempsey. I know he wasn't in ER. But- Pete Ems was a child actor. Like he had been, he's been doing stuff since the he's 80s. He's not a bad actor. No, he's not a bad actor. And in the 80s, he was the teen romantic person right. that they cast and mm-hmm. stuff. He was a throb. That made sense then. In the 90s, we didn't hear from him. Then in the aughts, we got Grey's Anatomy. Now, I don't, like I said, I don't know what you'd do with him. But I would almost like just looking at his IMDb photo, I'm like, make him a lord of some kind in a period piece. Yeah, but you know? James Marsden, it's like, come on, guys. He's ripe. Like, get him in there. Like, yeah. there's so many more romance. I was looking at his filmography. I'm like, ah, there's a Nicholas Sparks in there, but come on, we need more. We need more. And 
like he just he takes on New York by storm the same way Amy Adams does. Yeah. Like there he's stabbing buses because he thinks it's a dragon. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, like uh, he's he's found by Timothy Spall, who's like also sent through to kill Amy Adams mm-hmm. by the by the queen because the queen is like, I'll tickle your balls or something <laughs> if you if you go kill this lady for me. It's like, oh, I like that. I would love that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And um, I, I like all of their interaction because James Marsden is, uh, as Robin describes him, the perfect, like, if you if you squint your eyes one way, he's super hot. And if you squint your eyes the other way, he's a doof. Yeah. And he plays that up perfectly here. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, he's adorable and he's, like, being manipulated by Timothy Spall. Mm-hmm. And so he can't find Amy Adams, like, yeah. for the life of him. And Amy Adams is basically just balling around with Patrick Dempsey who's trying to get through his day and Adina Menzel finds them where she's in a towel and she's falling oh I've fallen over again again. oh behave (laughs) yeah yeah baby and she's like okay bye and this movie does another trick where it's like uh, Patrick Dempsey is a cynic right and he's like I don't believe in happiness, but then also he sees a couple of pigeons like pull a, um, when, when he like walks in on her in the shower, he sees a couple of pigeons like fly the towel in front of her. Yeah. And he's also not like, wait, what the fuck? (laughs) He's just like, yeah, I accept this. This makes sense. And so I think if you're on board with this movie, like you just let stuff like that slide. Cause I love it. I'm I'm like, I I don't care. I'm, I'm here for this. Yeah, totally. But yeah, Indina Menzel is like, you slept with her, I'm out of here. But then they have a whole song and dance after Timothy Spall tries to poison her with an apple, which I love that she throws. And it like it's that perfect Disney apple uh-huh. where it not only is poisonous if you eat it, but it's acidic yeah. for some reason, Reasons? the plastic. Yeah. But it's not when she bites into it, like right. her face doesn't melt it's off. It's like a chemical grenade. Exactly, but it, it has like different uses based on like magically based on what <laughs> yeah. it touches. Um, and then we get, how do you know that you, you love her? How does she know that you love her? Oh, he knows the song too. How do you show her you love her? It's Big great. song and dance. It's it's kind of like that five hundred days of summer. Everybody starts dancing behind you. I thought this was particularly something that you would be into because there's all these like, not. Not types, but characters. Like you love you love the um, the characters. Yeah, because you know, seeing different kinds of people on screen. You have like a really cool calypso band, and you have like the the kings and queens people who are dressed up like for yeah. this ball later, right? And then you have um, it, it, there's such pageantry yeah. to it. It it is so great and so winky mm-hmm. but at the same time sincere yeah i just loved all of it yeah it's it's a really good moment <laughs> i liked his jazz hands during it uh-huh that's this, this is good wait when patrick patrick dempsey he does is his like, jazz I, hands? I guess i'll do some i guess i'll play along yeah. jazz hands and it's like patrick dempsey you're literally being teleported to different areas do you so not understand people, the magic? Do you not understand you're in a musical right now? It's, <laughs> it's great. wonderful. Like ima- imagine for a second, just because this movie begs the question, you're in the middle of a musical with someone, mm-hmm. okay? And they're singing and they get to the end of a line. And the next line that rhymes is in a different part of the park. So did you all pause, walk all the way over there and then continue the song? Or were you <laughs> teleported? Shh. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but I love thinking about that. Um, that needs to be parodied. That yeah, needs to be made right? fun Wouldn't of. that be so funny if like we we didn't like you just come into a musical for like half a scene and it's like everybody shows up at one place and then like does like four or five lines and then they all are, they like, stop. They stop and they walk just silently. Yeah. And oh, then they man. end the, the, oh gosh, that would be I so cool. That. We'll do it one day. Anyway, so um, what happens next? Well, th- basically, Timothy Spall is oh, trying to murder her, and it's That's not right. going well. So Susan Sarandon comes herself as Queen Orissa, and she's all evil and stuff. Right. And there's a big ball. There's the scene in the pizza shop where he tries to kill the squirrel. Yeah, yeah. and basically... It's we caught up to where we were already talking about where eventually Prince Edward catches uh, Giselle. Giselle. Um, Giselle. <laughs> I love how he bites his fingers. He's just so oh, excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, they 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 have their date, right? Yeah, we can we can jump in and talk about their date. It seems to be going fine, right? But there's not a bunch of sparks, right? And and so I like that. Okay, in your you have this real world. Now you have to go on a real world date. It's not it's not a fairy tale where right. you can just love each other and get married. And I, I this is a nice message to actually tell young people. It's like no, no, you have to put in some work. <laughs> yeah, but I also don't think that young people will ever think I also don't think that there is a way young people get through sixth grade thinking I'm going to get married to the first person I fall in love with the next day you know what I mean yeah but like but there is a Disney ethos that gets like drilled into young kids too that's also like not helpful where every main character in a Disney movie in the 80s 90s sings about there must be more to life than this and it gets these kids thinking, is there more to life than this? I, uh-huh. I'm pretty happy living in suburban America. It's like, no, no, there must be more to life than this. Oh, okay. Uh, wh- what is it? And I See, I agree with that ethos, though. That there must be more to life than this? Yes. Well, have, <laughs> I, I need to bring up Bluey. Have you seen the episode of Bluey where they go to the movies? No. Okay. Everyone watch that episode. Because Bluey's watching it, and like these, char- like these characters keep like having Disney questions of mm-hmm. like, I don't want to live as a monkey up here. I want to live as a monkey down there. And Bluey's like, should I live like this? And dad's just like, ah, don't worry about it. Like Mm -hmm. you're taking it too literally. Like these questions, you don't need to be asking yourself these questions. You don't actually live in a French province where a beast is holed up in a castle. You don't have to worry about it. Well, yeah, but that's like the details. The the whole thing about like, if we're talking about Belle, Mm -hmm. you know, she just grows up in a small town where she's kind of soaked as much life as she can out of it. Yeah. And she wants to see what more is out there. And that is a that is a feeling. That is like an implant of an idea. It's not a, I have to go fall in love in a castle with a beast. That's not the ethos no, of that I movie. The, the ethos is there is a big world to explore. Right. And my point is young people are not having something that they're relating to so much as they're given something to told to think and i'm not saying i'm not saying do not think for a second i'm saying that disney is like conditioning them or anything like that Uh or any movies are like that but i think when you're really young you're not thinking i too have felt like this for a lot of these characters you're just being told about these characters because they're all new to you they're all new to you 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 haven't had the experience of a person who's 30 years old living in the same town you've been living there you're seven 
You don't have sure. that kind of life experience to like project onto the main character. Sure. Uh, Bell's probably more like 20. Well, but. you but 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 that's my point is that I like what Enchanted is doing is saying you're actually going to have more of this real life encounters. No, I agree, but I I think that they there is something as somebody who is a fan of Disney movies, who mm-hmm. has seen all of these movies time and time again. Amy Adams gets a taste of the real world, right? Mm-hmm. And she liked the taste. But she also doesn't like some of these cynics. She seems to love the cynics. Well, she wants to reform the cynics. She wants to educate. She wants to, like that divorced couple, she's like, oh, no. No, you must be loved. Well, yeah, but that's when she's still... Okay, see, this is the weird thing that I have. I First off, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me just state that right here. I, like, nine-tenths of this movie were A plus to me. Mm-hmm. And then Amy Adams as Giselle, Giselle saves this couple by reminding them of love, mm-hmm. right? And then that Amy Adams is still exists in this movie in a way, right? But she becomes less and less like that when she becomes more and more real, right? Mm-hmm. And so the Amy Adams that we get at the end of this movie, I don't really know. <laughs> Like the she has this dress shop. She's hanging out with these young children who all just love this beautiful, lovely place where they can all dress up and have a great time. But she not... loves being angry. Uh, like they're they're yeah. like she's a more whole human being now yeah. because she's angry. I get it. It's just I I think I think the persona that she has in the Disney animated world. Uh huh is not a healthy one to have in this real world. No, I completely agree. So I don't but, I I don't think there's a problem here. But I I guess what what I'm what I'm not necessarily given for by by this movie mm-hmm. is why Amy Adams has fallen in love with this world. Um she I, th- I think it's because it's a project for her. Yeah. Okay, that's that's possible. I I wish I was told that a little bit mm-hmm. because for me what it seems like is she stays in this world because she's fallen in love with Patrick Dempsey. Oh, I mean, that's what I see is that she's like she's like um my people let us educate Patrick Dempsey. And like I see projects after projects of so, I'm going to take this girl. This shopping. is a bad lesson I'm for young t- women to learn. You do not want to see a man and say that's a project, Ooh, that's a project for, right I, for myself I to know. fix. So if we're talking about movies as metaphors for young children, yeah. I do not think this is great. No, but I don't see this as that. Right. I see it as just I don't. A fun I don't mean commentary. that. Lit- I don't mean that literally. I don't mean it like ooh relationship equals. No, project. I know. But if we're if we're metaphoring this movie out. And that's what she's staying here for. It's just a thought. It's just no, a thought. Th- it's just a thought. I think that's her th- her thing. Is like she can go back to this animated world uh-huh. where it's just positive all the time, or she can hang out. There's evil witches there, though. <laughs> or she can hang out in this real real world and make it a more cheerful place. I, hey, here's the thing. I get that by the end because they show us in this afterwards where she's like, she's know, dancing a- with her family. She's yeah, got the shop she, where she's got this dress. She's shop. happy. And you know what would fix all of this for me? Hmm. Not a rewrite. But we can still play the thing, but a recast. Oh, okay. You write your first draft with your heart. And you rewrite with your head. Patrick Dempsey, I'm sorry, but I don't want you in this movie. As much as as much as a McDreamy as you are, mm-hmm. I want you to step aside. I need someone who is equally 
as wonderful as James Marsden. Mm-hmm. It's just that he's been covered up by his. <laughs> you need James Marsden also. Okay. <laughs> just feed James Marsden twice. Great. Um, but, but we'll find whoever like that would be. Okay. You know who I would weirdly love in this part? Uh huh. Maybe not, but I just go with me for a second. Is Steve Zahn. Okay. 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 Steve Zahn, lovable. Imagine Steve Zahn, though, has gone through a divorce. Yeah. Imagine his wife left and, like, he's been raising a kid for a couple of years. And it's not like doofy Steve Zahn from Riding in Cars with Boys. Right. It's like, like, heart-centric Steve Zahn. Yeah. And, and he's like, but he's like, become cynical. But then what Amy Adams does is she reawakens something in him that he ends up reminding her of after she gets a little bit like damaged by something in this world where, yeah. you know what I mean? Where- I think the problem is, is truly the performance because we, we see this family dancing at the end of the movie we see Patrick Dempsey dancing along with them. And it's almost like you're kind of saying, I'm not buying it. Like you don't think he's a transformed man. I, I mean, yeah, this movie tells me he is. It doesn't show you. It doesn't show me. I think that's your. I think that's the flaw. Well, it's 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 just like, I there's nothing about Patrick Dempsey in this movie that seems whimsical or like like he would get along with Amy Adams at all. Mm-hmm. Like in in a way where I'm like part of part of why James Marsden and Amy Adams make sense to me is because I'm like. You guys have so much in common, and you can have opposites attract, and that's fine, and whatever. But Patrick Dempsey doesn't believe in happiness and dancing and kindness and love and fairy tales, anything. He's like, no, none of that, none of that's real. But on top of that, like he 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 doesn't have any of that awoken in him in any yeah. real way that gives me that arc by the end of this movie. You know what you need? You need Cary Grant from Bringing Up Baby. Totally. That's like where That's he's, he's like need. pushing back the whole time. But then by the end, it's like, man, I can't help but feel like you've made my world better. Because bringing up baby, you have this like tied up guy, just like straight, straightened up like geek. He's a nerd. Yeah. He's a big nerd. And Catherine Hepburn is chaos. Susan, 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 stop, Susan, no. And she's just chaos for two, for the whole movie, and he just cannot help but love this person of chaos, and we don't really see that in Enchanted. So I I see I I I get it, but I'm also I'm like I'm accepting what the movie is telling me at the end. I'm like I'll accept your ending. No, I I accept it too. It's just the last the last nine tenths of this movie for me kind of fell off. So we we end up at the ball, mm-hmm. and Amy Adams does this big shopping thing. With Patrick Dempsey's daughter, it's really cute. They go shopping. It's very sweet. At, at the same time, though, I'm like, you go to all these name brand stores that you're probably paying for your movie with a little bit of this, like, you know. I don't I don't remember drop. what brands they went to, so I, I disagree with that take. <laughs> well, they I didn't kept, see any they brands. Kept, they kept um, panning up to the storefronts with the the big, um, like, letters saying, it's it's, El, it's Ellie Kemper store. I don't think so. I don't. Uh, I'll show you. You show me, because I, okay. I don't think it was like they went to, like, like Louis Vuitton Here, or anything. We'll press like that. pause. Just go look right now. 
<laughs> well, you're, you're wanting me I'm to show you. I'm saying I watched the movie. I have no recollection of it. That's my that's my point. Is that if it was a if it was actually a I, I'm joking right now. Anyway, like they they probably didn't actually pay for the movie with this, but the, no, I think you're making an interesting point. Either way, if there's if they are if they are doing product placement, it would be kind of ironic. I can't tell because I don't know these products, but um, or these stores, but they are big dress storefronts mm-hmm. in. Um, in New York, it's it it's almost a pretty woman scene where it's like they go to the expensive places uh-huh. and they buy expensive clothes because they, they have Dad's Daddy's Mastercard, card. and it's it's fine. But for me, it's like I I what what's lovely about this scene is that the daughter and Amy Adams get to go have this like date, and she's like, "Is this what it's like shopping with your mom?" And Amy Adams is like, "I don't know, I didn't know my mom," and so they bond. Mm-hmm. It's a really special moment, mm-hmm. but. I think if I'm going to rewrite this movie again, what they do is they take these dresses home and create a new dress. Oh, why? <laughs> well, because you have Amy Adams who makes all of her own clothes, right? Uh-huh. And what she does is she goes out and buys a bunch of dresses for the first time in her life. And she decides this is better than what I make, which is obviously not true. What's when, wrong when with you her see buying the dress. a dress? Well, it's like, I don't know. Like what what I love about Amy Adams' character is that she makes her own clothes. It's one of my favorite things about her. Well, sure, but you don't but, always have to make a dress out of the curtains. You can actually go buy a dress that was made from the thing that it was meant for. I think if you're going to have like Amy Adams make this transformation and you want me to think she still has some of who she is when she's accepting part of this new world, the perfect way to do that is to say, "I'm going to go have the experience of shopping with this little girl." Right, uh-huh. which is beautiful, and but then if I'm she, gonna if show, she goes and I'm molds sh- melds them together and and makes something new in a, a super she, dress. Let's no, call that's it what not it is. shopping. That's no. not shopping. You wear the thing that you bought. Wait, Ryan, you're saying it's not shopping if you buy something and no, then make you, it into something else. If if I went and I bought a suit and I went and wore the suit that I bought that was tailored for me from this nice this yes, nice suit shop. I'm going to love this argument. If I went <laughs> and cut it up and like modified it myself. You didn't shop. That's not the that's not the that's not the thing that some tailor made for me. That some suit maker so, made for me. Yeah. I made it. I Do went you think and the, bought the tailor cares. For it. Like the the whole uh, what I'm saying is the whole point It's like the wedding dress from the last movie. It's like, "Oh, I made these alterations." It's like, "Oh, the dress, it's the dress. How could you cut it up like that?" Yeah, but this these dresses, that's what I'm saying. These dresses have no importance. The the thing that would be important is if they went and had the experience of going shopping and then she taught this little girl how to make dresses with her, how much more beautiful is that? I think I I don't think there's anything wrong with the way they did it. That's I think fine. there's nothing I, you you can love it. But but it's as if the institution of going shopping is like evil or bad or something. Like no, she I'm went not saying dress it's shopping. Bad. I'm I'm not saying it's bad to go dress shopping. I'm saying go dress shopping. Yeah. I'm saying combine that with Amy Adams's character in yeah. any meaningful way. Okay. <laughs> I, I I mean I liked all the other all, all the other dressmaking too. So yeah. I, all I want is a little bit of like, you know, combination there. Mm-hmm. Um so they go to the ball and then there's this stupid idea that the they like uh, <laughs> bring out the most romantic guy and they're like we're going to play this song about kings and queens. We're going to sing the most romantic song, but the way this is going to work is you have to switch partners. Is that a thing? 
No. I've never been to a nice dance. No, that's not a thing. Maybe it's a thing if you like live in sexy New York where they like, <laughs> this is also a swingers ball. <laughs> like, it's fine. Go dance with whoever you want. But like the idea that they're going to do the most romantic song at this ball and it's when you switch partners, it's a little, it seems a little convenient for the plot. <laughs> yeah. Did he, what did he say? It was like a tradition he was describing of something. I can't remember we'll why right he here. justified it. I don't get it. Well, folks, it's that time of night. I'd like to ask each gentleman to invite the lady he did not accompany this evening to dance the king and queen's waltz. But they're all they're all dressed up in like period clothing, and Amy Adams is the only one who isn't. Yeah, I don't know why that's. Out. I don't. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Worked for me. Uh, it's. It, um, yeah, it's fine for me. Um, and Dina Menzel is there and she's like, what is she <laughs> doing I here? Think if, I think if she came up in like with this like super custom made dress again, it would actually go against the whole point of that scene is if she made it her, the way she made all those other dresses, uh-huh. she would look like Princess Gis- Giselle again. It wouldn't, well, it wouldn't I'm, be. I'm saying that she could you know, make a dress that feels modern, but it's still something she made. Uh, okay. I I guess I would really have to see it. I would have to see it in action. Cause I, I well, I'll make one and I'll wear it and I, then I, we'll post it on the I Instagram. I think I understand what you mean that it w- would, it would look, it would look modern, but her. Yeah. Because I, the dress that she was in, it felt, there was something about it that felt like I was watching Amy Adams from a different movie. That's what I loved. That's what I loved is that she doesn't have to be this bubbly princess all the time that she can be someone down to earth sometimes. No, I don't mind her being down to earth, but the it, it made me feel like I was watching a rival. Oh, <laughs> like like not actually a rival, but, you know, it, it wasn't the character of Giselle anymore. It was it was a step like it was five steps too far for me. Mm. Yeah, because they have a they have a nice dance, right? Because the way I see it is that he's he's like a very like low key dude, right? And it's just embarrassed to be around her in general, in sure. public. And I'm, I'm so glad that she changed for him. <laughs> well, no, it's Movie. just he thinks that she's only one way. And he sees that she d- isn't always this like high key, big, bubbly, big personality. Sometimes she can be low key sometimes. He sees that she is this way for the first time in her life. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Like, like, I mean, he he does. He sees I mean, that we're she's asking like this. a lot of credibility out of this film, which does not. I, its premise does not demand a lot of credibility. N- no, but this this premise, I like that this premise knows what it's talking about. Yeah, and for me, it feels like this is where it loses sight of who it is. Oh, okay. Because I I think this is where it. That's fine. Robin really liked it too, so I I might be alone in my principles over here, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. But then they dance and they're having a great time. Good dance sequence. Like I was thinking, I'm like, man, if I was Patrick Dempsey, I'd be nervous about my dancing skills because it's like you got to do it well where you got to be very suave about it. I was nervous about his dancing skills. <laughs> right? They were fine. They were like, I was like, got me. Like it looked good. Like, oh, yeah, it was fine. I liked it. And then James Marsden is there too. And he's mm-hmm. dancing with Adina Mazel, and they seem to... Do, they do this thing in this movie, which they do in all movies, where it's like, the oh, switcheroo. these two people are also hitting it off. But but drive drives home the theme where he says very something pure hearted and just. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that's so refreshing. And again, I wish I knew a little bit more of her character. So I knew why she wanted that. Oh, well, when he 
when he sent the flowers, even though it was Giselle sending flowers to yeah. Indina Menzel, mm-hmm. she's like complaining. She's like, you always send me, send me flowers as an e-card or something, but this is so real, so thoughtful. And like just that scene was like, oh, she wants she wants the lavish, like uh, express your heart kind of boyfriend. Sure. And we know from Patrick Dempsey this entire movie, he is nothing like that. Yeah, that's true. So I also don't know why she's with him. Yeah, because <laughs> right? after dating for five years, it's like, like commit or move on, dude. And it makes yeah, sense well, that she would leave him at the drop of a hat to go be with Jason Marsden, right. James Marsden, because that's what happens. And so this is another reason, this is another one of those moments where I'm like, Amy Adams, you don't want to be with Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> like, why do you want to be with this stone in the mud? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not a thing. <laughs> It, it should be. So Amy Adams and James Marsden are starting to head out, or how does she get roped up by the witch? Yeah, the witch just shows up. She's like, oh, I'm Susan Sarandon. Eat the apple. And she's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, you'll forget Patrick Dempsey, and then you can go back to your world. Yeah. Um, and so she eats the apple, which is actually poisonous death apple. And then I like James Marsden. Like, the beats are all here, mm-hmm. right? I like James Marsden kissing her and thinking it'll work because that's how it's supposed to. Right. And it's that they don't have true love. Right. I love that. Because you got to have chemistry, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I really wish we had a an actor here you that had more chemistry. Cary Grant. I you needed somebody need who a... had more character or more chemistry with Amy Adams. That way, when they cut into their lips i'm like yes i want you to kissing because it's not it's a thing that's on paper because like if you read the script of bringing up baby you'd be like why is this professor like falling mm-hmm. in love with this girl everything on paper in this movie works perfectly right right and so there's just something about and, and that's why casting is like part of the big push to make your movie good if you cast it right you're you're pretty close good script great casting mm-hmm. great direction you're home free yeah and it's it, there's nothing wrong with you, Patrick Dempsey. No, there really isn't. It's just I don't know. Something's not there for chemistry. Yeah, and and then I mean, they they save her life, but then in, um, Susan Sarandon turns into a la Maleficent a uh, dragon, big old dragon. VFX pretty good for 2007. I liked the VFX. I didn't like that Susan Sarandon's dragon was like the least scary dragon ever made. Like I am way more afraid. By the actual dragon in a 1940s movie. Oh, yeah. And Susan Sarandon is like, I'm going to kidnap Patrick Dempsey. Come get me, Amy Adams. You could have killed all of them right there. You're an evil queen from another world. Why are you grabbing him (laughs) and then going up? I could get a gun right now and we could shoot them. No, I'm going to leave them unattended in a room full of sharks with lasers attached to their heads. Exactly. This seemed even crazier than that because her plan was... I'm going to steal Patrick Dempsey. I'm not going to kill him. I'm just going to steal him. Have you follow me. (laughs) The whole thing she doesn't want to have happen is James Marston to go back to the other world and tell everybody else like about all the stuff. He and Timothy Spall have lots of time to do it now because you've run away with Patrick Dempsey for some odd reason. Yeah. And so she ends up getting hoisted on her own Empire State Building Mm -hmm. um, and falls to her death. Mm -hmm. Well, because Amy Adams... I like this. Amy Adams saves him. Yeah, I That's do. why. That's why. No, I, I know <laughs> it's so on the nose, but I know. Yeah. I get it. Um, but Pip saves the day by being just a little bit too fat of a chipmunk, and I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah. Um, 
And then everybody lives happily ever after. And Dina Menzel comes a... I like this twist the most. And Dina Menzel goes in Giselle's place and she herself becomes a cartoon. Yeah, I love that. And I love it a lot. It's just kind of like there are people in the world who just want the pure heartedness of a Disney movie and they know full well what they're getting into. So go for it. Yeah. and But I just, I love the idea of us championing that. And if I, I wanted to know just a, like just a smidge more of an, it's the movie's not like worse off. I think it is worse off for it, but not in a bad way. I just like, I like the idea of Indina Menzel being like, I think that's it. That's the yeah. idea. I don't yeah. think there's anything more to it. I know. I know. And she goes and she becomes a, uh, but I want to go in that world. Right. But I also want to live in the real world. I, I, but again, I think this movie is targeted for eight year olds. I don't think yeah. it's, I don't think it's going to get deeper. I don't think the level of depth that you're asking the movie to hit, it's I don't think that's happening. That's true. Like Amy Adams doesn't have any second guesses about like actually being in this world and never seeing her other friends yeah. again. Yeah. And it's like I if you're making this movie for eight year olds, I would also have like all the other animals come out of that drain at one point in time yeah. to come visit their friend. Yeah. You know? Like just something like that. Where I I know that, you know, if James Marsden and Amy Adams want to see each other again and just be like, what's up? Yeah. They can, they can do that. Cause my regret about this movie is like, ah, this movie's for eight year olds. <laughs> like there are times where I'm like, all right, this slapstick, like I'm a little, I'm a little too old for this slapstick. Like I'm glad to be here. I'm going to be very happy to show this to my son. Sure. Yeah. And, but not my first choice if I'm looking for a comedy per se, but that's nothing against the movie. It's no. just, that's just the mode that it's in. I mean, it's, you're right. It's no rat race. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a masterpiece. Um, but no, this is, I, I think this movie is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Not perfect, mm -hmm. but it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, if the movie had a better casting, are you happy with the chain of events, the plotting and the story it's telling? You just, yeah. you just don't uh, feel like it's my, my told only, as convincingly. My only two issues, really three issues are the lack of danger from the queen the Patrick Dempsey casting and um, I, I wish Amy, I wish I knew a little bit more about why Amy Adams wanted to stay in this world so badly. And I, I wouldn't need to know that if I believed in her and Patrick Dempsey's chemistry a little bit more. See, if she stayed in the cartoon world, everyone is like her. They're all singing and dancing. It's mm -hmm. all, it's all a big thing. Right. But there's a broader world, right? In the cartoon world? Yeah. There's just a broader world in our world. No, yeah, I know. Like, I, I love her staying in our world. I just want to know why she loves it. I think I think it's because of the influence that she gets to enact. You're right, exactly. Because she's so happy when she feels anger, right? And I, I think she feels real. I think she feels three-dimensional. Well, she is. Maybe that's what I'm ascribing well, in the movie. I mean, that's that's the perfect metaphor of the movie, is that she's actually a three-dimensional, or she becomes more of a three-dimensional I think character. it's that anger scene where she's feeling something that she wouldn't be able to feel in the cartoon world. I think if you give me that anger scene earlier, and we see how this world changes her, uh -huh. and makes her a more three-dimensional character, but like at the halfway point, instead of three-quarters of the way, I think way, you're I asking like a lot of this movie no, for no, eight-year-olds. I, 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 <laughs> Again, I I think this movie is not only for eight-year-olds, but I think they wrote this movie for us millennials specifically yeah. who grew up watching these Disney princess totally. movies. Totally. And I, I guess I'm saying it landed for me. I don't it didn't land quite for you. It mostly landed, but no, it did yeah, these I'm, other elements. Here, I'll did. say what it did for me. It was good mm -hmm. in those elements. I think it could have been great with a little tweaking. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm I'm more of the mind of like because they wanted to keep it for eight year olds as the target mm-hmm. demographic that it's like yeah, I don't think I, I think this is the best you guys are going to be able to and, do. And if that's the case, then all the more power to you. Yeah, because yeah. for like, a, a, I would call it a kids' movie in that regard, right? <sighs> y- yes, but a lot of the humor is for adults. Yeah, but I, I I think it's a really intelligent kids' movie is how I would describe it. It's very smart and has a lot to say in the mode that it's in. Yeah, yeah, but that's the weird thing, right? Is because it feels a little Shrekky mm-hmm. because. So much of what this movie is on its face, you can enjoy it as a child. Yeah. But so much of what this movie is doing, you're not going to understand as an eight-year-old. Right. Or maybe if you're a smart eight-year-old, I guess. Right. Right. And I, I think that's it, is that it is it is for the smarter eight-year-olds. Because if you're eight, you're just going to watch Shrek, and you're really not going to understand what Shrek is doing as a corporate parody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I mean, is it felt like this movie for the first like three quarters of the film was mm-hmm. talking up to me mm-hmm. in a good way. And then it felt like it was like, but really uh, stop thinking so hard about it. And yeah. I was like, but you already put me in this mode. Mm. Fair enough. Well, that's enchanted. We will um, take a second, get our tropes together and give us a little talk. Yeah. Yep. Right. Worked. Does Perfect. that make sense? 10 out of 10 from the judges. I'm a dad. And we're back with trope talk. It's like chipmunk talk, because Disney has a lot of those. You got Alvin. You got this guy. The Rescue Rangers. You got the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Are those chipmunks? Those are squirrels. Are those chipmunks? They're chipmunks. They don't have they're... their tails. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. No, they're chipmunks. Okay. There's a lot of ch- talking chipmunks in the Disney canon. Yep. I think the reason is, is because back in like 19... 19- 29 or so like walt disney actually saved a whole family of chipmunks and they owed a life debt to him <laughs> a la chewbacca and so their descendants are always acting in his movies just forever and anon yes just always more more and more chipmunks well they breed quickly yeah. so what is the trope we're talking about this week ryan the disney princess what is it and where do you get them <laughs> where do they come from small villages presumably <laughs> So in the classic echelon, you've got Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, mm-hmm. um, Belle, Mia Thermopolis, The Little Mermaid. <laughs> um, who First I, name The, last name Little. <laughs> no, I, middle name Little. I think um, I think the voice. I forget her name. I think the voice of Little Mermaid is Patrick Dempsey's um, executive assistant. I think that's her. Wait, executive assistant. The, oh, the one in the real. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was actually wondering that because there were a couple of old ladies who like kind of did Stan Lee Felt like impersonations. Like, who yeah. the fuck are these people? Yeah, Jody Benson. Jody Benson. Mm-hmm. Jody Benson in. Was Jody Benson also in Pocahontas? Um, who who or was that also Leah? Small. Yeah. She was in Balto Three. Mm. Does that answer your question? Uh, Ariel makes her representation in this movie, Enchanted. Cool. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we cut out the five minutes of us <laughs> figuring that out. Um, so we have a a movie that is about a Disney princess who lives in the woods, right? And this particular one talks to animals. You have Aurora from um, Sleeping Beauty. Is that's, that her name? That's her name. 
Oh. Yeah. Whatcha! <laughs> Princess knowledge! And then you have Snow White from Snow White. Mm-hmm. She, I don't think they talk back to her in that one. She might just have a screw loose. Because <laughs> she's like, you are so pretty, little bird. And the bird sings back with her. It's more of like a, I'm in harmony with nature. Yeah. But all these princesses seem to be a little bit more in harmony with nature, right? Yeah. Like, uh, like they, they, like, let's take Aurora, for instance. She lives in the woods with three old ladies who take care of basically her every need. Mm. Well, they should because they have magic anyway. And she falls in love with a prince that she meets in the woods one day. Mm -hmm. And they sing together. Mm -hmm. Like, this is this movie. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, this, this is something that, and, and what what these old movies are playing off of is obviously much older fairy tales right right that were mainly cautionary tales but also had a lot darker subtext to them depending on who written wrote them whether they were the grim brothers or whether they were uh, andrew lang who did like all of the colors books um or like if if it, they were like a french author you know everybody did their own adaptations and so these stories have been adapted by so many different authors by the time Disney gets his hands on them. Yeah. And he is like, you know what? Some of these are not great for kids. I'm going to make ones that are super palatable for children. Yeah. Right. And so you have somebody meet in the woods and fall in love. Presumably they've been living by themselves for a long time. Of course they're going to fall in love. This seems almost like a cautionary tale, just like way back in the day. Yeah. But this is not how they're taken societally, right? It's like, ah, oh, I want a fairy tale love just like this one. Yeah. Wait. Our love is like a what is it? Fairy story books. What's what am I Our saying? Our love is like a story book story. Yeah. It's as real as the feelings I feel. Yeah. Uh-huh. I That's- mean uh Princess Bride very Princess much Bride. fits this mold. I just put my baby to sleep with that song earlier. <laughs> Um, so I want you to incorporate Princess Bride into all this talk too. Sure, I think Princess Bride um, does. At least there's some buildup with what her what she does with Wesley. Yeah, so she like in the books, it's a it's basically the same story. They just make it a lot quicker in the movies where there's this farm boy and she's not like a princess or something. She just lives next door. Yeah, uh, but in the movie, it seems like they live together and she's. He's just the farm boy who takes care of the farm or something. But um, they presumably fall in love over months. Right. And um, it's not a day. Not a day. They've just been slowly falling in love. And he's just kind to her. And then she sees this kind person's been actually telling me with his eyes that he loves me with Mm -hmm. these three words, as you wish. And then they're broken apart. And then they have to find each other again one day. So I find princess bride kind of unique in the whole princess mm-hmm. thing because that love story is actually set up yeah and she's also made a princess by a villain mm, yeah. right so it's, it's 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 a kind of a new new twist on it yeah but like with bell i i find that even though bell takes a lot of heat for like being set up as somebody who falls in love with somebody who kidnaps her dad i think a lot of people recontextualize that story where i get it it's this this person who you know was a dick Mm -hmm. you know got cursed for it and then was mean to this traveler and then like like kidnaps the daughter as payment 
and then she falls in love with him. But also reforms him. But also reforms him. It's like a, a bunch of psychological juggling if you want them to fall in love with each other at the end. Yeah. But, it's a lot of romance fiction does stuff like this, yes. too, where it's like, uh, are you sure? And all the readers are like, no, we get it, but we like it. <laughs> right. But I do think that there is... Paige O'Hara, she's also another Disney princess. Oh, okay. I can't remember which one, but um, but you're one of them. There you are. Sorry, I just we're IMDb's up on Ryan's big screen. But the way the movie is made and the steps it takes to get them to fall in love, whether it's a a softening of this character and a gesture he makes, mm-hmm. like like this is a poor girl from a poor town who you know wants to read more books, right? And at one point in time, the beast finds out that she like wants to read more books. And so he, even though he's kind of been kind of a bastard to, not even a bastard, he's just been a grumpy butthead to her so yeah. far, besides the fact that like, you know, he kidnapped her dad earlier. Right. Uh, he, he saves her life at one point in time after she's run away. And then he extends like a peace offering to her and gives her this library. Right. Right. And so there's like some like uh, 50 shades of gray here <laughs> yeah. where it's like, um, you know, you have whatever you want, but I get what I want yeah. type deal. And I get the dark version of that, but I can also in this world, in this instance particular, see how it could be made light. Right. And I think that's, the odd thing about all of these Disney princess stories is like, you know, if, if you're going to make them work, you do have to blur your eyes a little bit about certain things. And I don't think all of them are justifiably great lessons, but I do think a lot of them make for good stories. Yeah. I haven't revisited sleeping beauty, Cinderella, uh, little mermaid, beauty and the beast, beauty and the beast, um, well, let's take Jasmine then, because you know Jasmine. Yeah. Jasmine maybe is the one that would hold up the most because she's very much, I don't know, she just wants to live her own life. Honestly, and, she's one of the only rich princesses. Yeah. Because she she's a princess that has everything except freedom. Yeah. Right? And so what she's vying for isn't like getting out of this little town she's like i just want to go beyond the walls that i've been raised in and i just want to live a life of independence i don't want to be told what to do who to marry it's like right that's that's good right <laughs> right and so she has she has agenda and agency just like the other princesses uh of the 90s like bell has agenda yeah, right? yeah no they're they're much better than their 40s counterparts right because the 40s counterparts are just i'm living a life something bad happens to me yeah after I've fallen in love with someone and Snow White doesn't even fall in love with anybody. It's, it sucks because like somebody is sent after her to kill her. Right. Right. So she runs into the woods, like just like this movie, this movie is pulling from so many different tropes. Like the, the uh, guy who chases after her can't do it. And so she, he's like, run away, run away and never come back. Cause this old lady doesn't want you to be prettier than her. And she runs away, meets these dwarves, has an adventure, gets poisoned and then is rescued by a kiss and it's true love's kiss. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like if you find yourself in a bad way, marry well, <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Right? It's it's a bad lesson. But once you get to the 90s, there's more agency. There's more interest in like, like Ariel, I guess, is also kind of a rich princess because she's like an actual princess, but she's the only free thinker in this world. And so it's kind of like, okay, you're weird, you're odd, but that's okay. David Bowie's out there and one day you're going <laughs> to find him and you're going to like rethink your life. And so Ariel has like her own room where she keeps all of her weird stuff. And there's something that's so relatable for especially someone like me who just felt different from everybody else with all of these people or with all these princesses, because like Jasmine, she's like, yeah, this is nice and all, but what I really desire is the freedom to go be whoever. And yeah. well, like, let's look at Aladdin on the other side of that. Cause I think he's an interesting prince, right? Quote yeah, unquote prince. Cause he's like, I don't want to steal this bread anymore. <laughs> Now, what what is Aladdin's deal in relation to Jasmine? What, yeah, what do you well, mean? he's he's like an opposite, right? He has all the freedom he wants in a he way. He has freedom, but he has nothing. Exactly. Yeah, and so they have opposite problems. Yeah, and you gotta kind of meet in the middle because you don't want to be rich and imprisoned. Right, and so let's let's take these two characters here. Her problem is um, that this chipmunk keeps yammering at her and she doesn't know what to do with this thing she doesn't really have a problem does she no 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 she just i mean when we first meet her no not even like what's her problem in this movie um well she think her she thinks her problem is that she needs to find her prince and find true love's kiss she thinks that's her problem at the beginning of this movie but yeah then she finds it so that problem is solved she thinks she, she doesn't find the true love's kiss until the very end that's her goal. Right. The goal is a true love's kiss, but she thinks she's found it most of the movie. And then the sad thing is, is when she's it, this is almost, this is almost like a betrothal story Yeah, where she's betrothed to someone and she's like, ah, this will be good for my family right. and, and it'll bring me happiness. But then she's fallen in love with a street urchin or yeah. something. And she's like, no, I have to. And that's kind of Jasmine. Like, because, um, what's his fucking nuts? Um, the Genie? vizier no uh, jafar <laughs> uh-huh. he's like he convinces her dad through magic to engage them and yeah. so he's like you're gonna marry this jafar and she's like that sucks <laughs> he's the worst see his beard <laughs> and so when she finds aladdin she has this person where she's like oh this would be much better yeah right and he's a prince so it'll all work out look at that chest he barely has to wear a vest it's great <laughs> and so we have this this a little bit of that where she has an idea of what her life's going to be, but she looks outside of that and is like, Ooh, what if I had this? And I really want her to look even outside of that and say, what's beyond that. Yeah. But, but since this is a Disney movie, she just goes for the first thing she sees. Yeah. I wonder if she met like someone like, um, Tom Hanks, like yeah. how that would have gone. Oh, you know, splash is an interesting, almost princess movie. Oh yeah. Talk about that because I mean, we don't know where she's from except, kind of atlantis but there's this weird fatalism about their love where Mm -hmm. it's like well you're a fish lady and i am drawn to you and well you keep trying to have sex with me so that that really does something to me but but there is this weird connection because it's almost a mythical like she's a mythical creature to him and he can't help but feel drawn to her right and i think where this really changes with the disney princesses is mulan yeah because she's not a princess in any sense yeah she she ends up, you know, pretending to be a man and joining the army and saving the emperor and all of that in the Disney version of it. But she doesn't become a princess at yeah. all. She just 
goes home and then uh, the guy who was her captain, her leader, her general comes back and he's like, I'm in love with you, by the way. And she's like, I guess I'm in love with you, too. OK, I can I can I can think about that. But they don't become princesses. No. And at that point, I think what Disney's best move was, was to decouple their princess stories from love stories, because for the longest time, the princess movies were love stories. Mm-hmm. And then starting with Mulan, it's like, that's not necessarily true. Like, we'll have some love in there, but that's not... You can just have the story of Mulan the hero. You don't right. have to have the love part in there. Yeah, because at one point in time, she's, she has this line in a song where she's like, maybe he can see right through me. But that also can... It can be read as maybe she's into him, but also it can be read as she's in disguise, so maybe he she'll can... She'll be found out. Yeah, she'll be found out. But if you look at Frozen, mm-hmm. it's not... Like there is some love stuff there, and there's characters and there's, there's not relationships. The central element, not central, and it kind of ends up not being the point in any way. Sure, um, yeah. and like the whole point of I can't remember is Elsa the bad guy and the Anna, yeah, Anna and Elsa, yeah. Elsa's, Elsa's not a bad guy. She's not a bad guy, but she's she does bad things. She does change climate. <laughs> she climate change, um, and then she's okay in the end. It's all good. It's yeah. all happy. But that's more a story of feminism and freedom and empowerment. Mm-hmm. And it's not about true love's kiss. And has like for her arc, there's no there's no love part. Not to for it. Elsa's, no. No. And for Anne, it's like, you seem like a cool lad. Yeah. <laughs> like Yeah, we, we could it. date. This that's sounds it. good. There's yeah. not there's nothing to it. And Tangled is actually about toxic mother daughter relationships. Mm-hmm. And the stuff with the love interest is is interesting, but I think the compelling part of Tangled is how the antagonist relates to the pr- protagonist and the right. love star love story is just bonus. Yeah, and you know what I do want to see them do love stories still because yeah. I really do like them. I think they've distanced themselves enough now where it's okay if you come back to it. Like yeah. Moana I don't even think has a love story in it, which no. I think there's a bunch of room for movies like that, but I do also yeah. like a little bit of romance in Encanto's about family. Yeah. Good stuff there. No ro- I mean, there's romance, but only in the ulterior characters. Yeah. They don't even really like each other. Um, I'm thinking recent Pixar movies, anything, anything, soul, no. Um, and like Miyazaki always gets like toted for only having like their characters be friends. But I, I like his tension between these characters could be in love. Uh, Ratatouille? No. No, not a lot of love there. <laughs> yeah, there's love in that one. It's just not Ratatouille's love. Actually, one of the best love stories that Disney put out in the last 20 years what is, is... Wait, what's the rat's name? Emil? Um, Rakakuni. <laughs> Rakakuni. No, the Sorry. best the best love story that Disney has put out in the last 20 years is Wally. Wally. I mean, it, there's no dialogue, but and yet I, I can't help but feel when I watch that movie. Yeah, it's romantic agreed. feelings that I have when I watch that movie. A lot of that is the Gene Kelly... Uh, dance numbers in that movie that's it so yeah i i agree there needs to be more romance but i do think disney had to go through this like uh evaluation period of it really like, did saying what have i been doing with my life well i yeah because i think the 90s movies are really really good part of that is the animation part of that is like the very sincere heart centricness of them but once you do like six or seven of those, you really need to rethink your formula. Otherwise, you're going to start with like doing some bloat work. Yeah. So Disney, you figured it out. 
get back to some more romantic stories. Maybe. Yeah, and ha- just have both concurrently. Yeah. I think don't don't be so afraid of them that we just start getting a bunch of movies where there's no romance mm-hmm. because romance does make the world interesting. I think most of the people listening to this podcast might agree with that. But I do th- I do think there is and Frozen nailed it where it's like uh we can't just have a love story just because you're supposed to. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know. You've made your point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, that's the trope. Um, should we kick it over to the Patreon? Yeah. Okay. So it is the summer and, uh, we are in the month of June. So we have a new poll up. So we're doing summer movies. So Ooh. our options are 51st dates. Yes. Mystic pizza. Wow. Um, and now we get a little bit more literal about the theme, which is 500 days of summer. 500? And Summertime. Summertime, if you don't know, is a Katherine Hepburn movie made in 1955, and it's a swooning romance set in the canals of Venice. Wait, hold on a second. So you get to pitch one of your movies? Yeah, yeah. What about mine? I think, I think everyone knows what Fifty First Dates is. They know Mystic Pizza is that Julia Roberts movie. No, no, Five no, no. no. I get summer. to pitch one of them. All right, pitch one. Mystic Pizza is about three sisters living on an island and working at a pizza shop. They all have their different loves. Maybe one of them's not a sister. Maybe no, they're probably all <laughs> sisters. I can't remember. I've only seen the movie once. But it's romantic, maybe. I need a pizza. <laughs> There's the musical version. Um sung by Jenna Maroney. So that's the poll. Go vote. Uh 500 Days of Summer is already winning after posting this an hour ago. So Yeah, it's it's winning by one. But we'll see what happens. I'm think this is one is going to be more contentious than the rest of them yeah yeah um bonus episodes i swear gilmore girls is going up that's all i'll say um essays kelly what'd you write about this week well i have one do still and maybe it's probably up by this one by the time this one comes up but the next one i'm going to write about is just the tone the feeling the need to go back to what made 80s movies great mm-hmm. ryan recently watched top gun 2 and top gun and we were just in that order i watched it in ver- no i no. watched it in you order. you were correct thank you i appreciate that as a chronologist myself can i can i take a just a hot second do a no spoiler like hot take of the new top gun sure new top gun's awesome that's my no spoiler hot take <laughs> <laughs> uh but the thing that was missing that was completely unfair that this movie would not be able to do is it didn't have that like uh, feeling of the original because it was it has the eightiesness of it of take my breath away Kenny Loggins the cinematography the Harold Faltermeyer soundtrack all these elements that made it this open hearted story and the new Top Gun has open heartedness to it but it just doesn't have the eighties level of it maybe you need to write this essay no I want <laughs> no but you and Robin I want I want Robin to like chime in because well, maybe she's I'll just the make true ri- Robin write that but she's the real expert when it comes to what makes 80s movies tick maybe I'll do a project with Robin this week where she'll sh- we'll do a, like a call and response yeah where she'll bring up something and I'll have to respond to that and give another example and she'll have to respond to that because I want I want more because like I watched dirty dancing last year and I'm like oh my god I yeah, didn't that was know your I first could, time right? I didn't know I could feel these feelings. And so I want. Did you? You had the time of your life. I had the time of my uh-huh. life. So I want. I want more. I'm like. I don't know. Is Flashdance as good as this? Is Footloose as good as? I've seen Footloose, but I don't know. Maybe I need to give another run. Yeah, I. I just want something that makes me pump, like do a fist pump in the air. Yeah. Like I want to feel 
Okay, so you know how reserved the fist pump is at the end of Breakfast Club, but how much heart is behind it? Mm-hmm. I want that, but with my fist going even higher. Yeah. And that's what 80s movies generally give me. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I know it's because the 80s were like so star-spangled awesome a yeah. lot of the times, but they knew how to make a good movie. Yeah, and maybe that's why they were star-spangled awesome. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> America. <laughs> so go check it out. That's on the Patreon. Um, it's good stuff and educational because we got all these 80 movies to tell you about apparently in this essay. I'm hoping. I, yeah, I'm hoping. No, no, we'll get there. You can come find all of that over on uh, patreon.com slash romcom gents. Uh, also, feel free to, you know, chuck us a review at some point in time. That helps too. Like if you can't and won't and just refuse to <laughs> afford us um, a little bit more leeway to do this project on Patreon, go over to Apple Podcasts. Pause this podcast, uh, not right now, but as soon as I'm done talking, and just go throw a five star on there. Mm-hmm. Go say, these dudes, great. <laughs> go ask us a question. We'll respond to it. Do whatever. Throw a five star. And uh, now that they've thrown a five star, I'm going to ask you, what uh, are you going to throw for your Golden Sword Award? Oh, so were those ninja stars? Yeah. Okay. Weapon base economy. Shurikens. Shuriken. Shuriken. She. A blessing from the Lord. God be praised. The Golden Soul. My golden sword is going to all of the extras in this movie. Maybe not not even the extras, but just like the like secondary characters, like the old lady who got her her bag of grains stabbed. Yeah. Or like the bus driver or the people in the pizza shop. Like this movie felt very well lived in and yeah. I feel like they can all they can all get a golden sword. Yeah. Or like all the, all the dancers, you know, it was, yeah, it's all great. Golden sword, it's for all of you. I think my golden sword is going to just James Marsden anytime he goes, Giselle, Giselle. That's a really good moment, man. It's so polished. There, there's this great moment where he's sitting there watching TV in a bad apartment. Yeah, and he, he thinks it's a magic mirror, and he's like, "Magic mirror, tell me where she is." And he like smiles, and when he sees Giselle on screen, he gets really close, and he's just like, <laughs> like a couple inches away, and just like grinning like an idiot at the screen. So pure. He he is he is James Marston, pure pure. Uh, would you give this movie a rom com? Go downshifts. Don't forget to downshift. <sighs> wow. Wow. Um, wow. Those are some waveforms. Wow. Um, maybe I'll kick myself, but best actress to Amy Adams. Because mm. it's a dy- it's is. a dynamite performance. We have not talked about it enough. It's fantastic. It's incredible because it's bubbly and you believe it and you buy it, even though it's so over the top. She's already, I think, Amy Adams in most of her roles is already bubbly. Yeah, and the director's just like, "Hey, Amy," and he like turned her around, found the knob in the back, and he's like, "I'm turning it up to 11. and she's like, "Don't do it," and he's like, "I'm doing it," <laughs> and then she 
just became a bubble. And then Denis Villeneuve cast her in Arrival, and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm taking out your batteries. Yeah. She's like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'll go learn language. Yeah. So best actress. Best she's actress. Incredible. Um, I'm giving this best smile. Ooh. Who's? I mean, who? Who else's? Patrick Dempsey? No, James Marsden. <laughs> Come now. I mean, Amy Adams has a really lovely smile. Oh, she has too. a great smile in so. this movie. But I, I do think that the very definition of a winning smile, it goes to James Marsden. Okay. He, best, best smile that we're going to see this year. In that case, tell me who you'd fall in love with then. Are there any circumstances in which uh, the two of you might be more than just good friends? The truth of it is, I... Loved you from the first second I met you. But mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. You have bewitched me, body and soul. And I love, I love, I love you. I know. Amy Adams. Oh! Yeah, you thought I was going to say James Marston, but here's the thing. Amy Adams in this movie is a bubbly ball of sunshine and i tend to love bubbly balls of sunshine uh i like rainy days but people that are like this that just find the positive in everything maybe i'm just being narcissistic right now because this is kind of me even though i did find some faults with this movie but Mm. (laughs) judy coon also she was a disney princess okay sorry they're all over the place in this movie um but yeah she she doesn't she's kind of airheaded in a way because she just doesn't know this world very well mm-hmm. but for somebody who's never been to this world she gets along swimmingly so she's got like some some savvy to her that i like as well yeah what about you i'm going with adina menzel okay she seems like a down-to-earth person mm-hmm. who wishes she could be more open-hearted and pure yeah i agree with that assessment from what so, i know of her i'm into that I think uh, Giselle would be way too much for me. I'd be like, calm down, stop singing. You'd be like, Giselle? Giselle, no. And it would just be too much. <laughs> Giselle! Giselle! Yeah, I would have to have the energy of James Marsden, and I, I can't do that. Why do you think that Patrick Dempsey will have enough energy for her? I, I think he doesn't understand what he's getting himself into. Yeah, they're doomed to failure. I, I, I'm sorry, I, Mr. Divorce Lawyer, you're... This is going to happen. I, I think I understand now why you, you, you have you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Here's the thing, though. Maybe they're just taking it slow. You know, maybe she's going to she's like, I actually don't have a place to stay. Five so this years would be nice. and not engaged. Kind yeah. Of slow. Maybe Indina Menzel <laughs> used to be a princess. And this is just Patrick Dempsey just going through him like wheat. And he's like, I'm going to break your spirit so much that you forgot that you're a princess. So they're making a sequel. Called Dis- Disenchanted. Disenchanted. Thank God. Does, I, it, does it also have Patrick Dempsey in it? Uh, probably. Does this movie merit a sequel? Does the story need yes, a continuation? I, I think it. I think it, well, maybe that'll justify everything. It's like we realize that Patrick Dempsey didn't really sell the chemistry, so we need another movie to like make uh, it understand. Well, this what this movie is saying is: isn't the real world better than a fairy tale? And the reason why is because you can get angry. Well, I think telling kids life's a fairy tale is also not doing them any fair any favors. Yeah, but I don't think this movie I don't think most of those movies 
like at least from the 90s that we saw no i don't think it's taking aim at the 90s princesses at all no well yeah um but the the message from this movie there doesn't even even the message of the movies be real don't be fake and toxically positive like be real but this movie never says your positivity is toxic ever I think I think it does say that she kind of is naive in this world to w- what she's bringing into. Yeah, because it. she's new to this world. <laughs> she's brand new to this world. Right, but sh- you should be you should be allowed to get angry. Yeah, but she's never like I mean, there's at one point in time where she's like doesn't know what being angry is, or it doesn't even occur to her to be angry. Right, that's and the two so, D version of it. Yeah, so she she occurs later on, and she likes being angry. Right. <laughs> yeah, she hulks out, and she's like, "Ooh, yeah." Yeah, this is good stuff. But it doesn't go. No, beyond. I don't think it's the. It's. I don't think it's specifically. They, ooh, I like that Sith energy you're bringing. I think no, it's no. the. I know, but the the two dimensions that they, it's it seems like she is a two dimensional character that they're like, see, see this facet over here. This gives her three dimensions, and it's like, yes, okay, but <laughs> but. You know, again, movie for eight year no, olds. I think the, you're asking a little too. No, much. no, this is why I'm saying this is probably why they're making the next one is because my guess is the next one's going to be dumber than this. You think so? That's my guess. You don't I think, think it's going to be a slump? You you don't think that they have fallen out of love or something? I, I think in just terms of messaging, I don't think it's going to have anything more to say. I don't. Th- I I think. I mean, you're probably right. About I think that. they shot their shot, and I don't think there's anything more to it. And and maybe. Maybe they could make it interesting, but I think this is just Disney Plus saying, um, what other stuff? Oh, Enchanted. Enchanted. We could do an Enchanted sequel. It's like, I guess we could do that. Like, th- there's just nothing about this that feels like you have more to say about the subject. I don't know. They all said, you know, <laughs> Patrick Dempsey said, the real world sucks. <laughs> this is what Patrick Dempsey said. The real world sucks. Divorce sucks. Everything sucks. You I'm, suck. I'm I a part suck. of it. We all suck. And then at the end, she's like, yay, I get to live in a suck world with this <laughs> suck fest. And so I would like to see the comeuppance that she gets is realizing, okay, I can't fall in love with the first person in suck world that I meet. I got to go be a more well-rounded Wait, human Wait, do you really think that's going to be the point of the next movie? I, I have no... No, what... If I was as idealistic as her at the beginning of this movie, I would think so. But what it probably is, if I had to take a guess, is they're going to get married, but they have, like, something happened. It's been 15 years and they still haven't gotten married? No, no. I I think it's, like, two years later and they're going to get married. And, you know, they've recast the the little girl because they have to at this (laughs) point. But they... Or they're married and they're having like some marriage troubles, right? Yeah. And but it's it's like a, you know, the equivalent of like a '90s romance movie, but the main character is a kid, where they have to like get their parents back together, and it's going to be about the daughter like being like, "No, I'm going to remind you to what love's all about" and stuff. And if the daughter is an actual like an actual, t- that would be that's going to be weird. Like she would be in a full blown adult. Yeah. Like in terms of the timing of this movie. So that's just why I'm like, yeah, it's, it's They'll weird probably timing. recast because, I mean, with child actors, you don't even know if they're like, like, I have no idea if that kid's still acting. Yeah. This was 12 years ago. Yeah. yeah. 15 years. 2007. Yeah. So. Oh, I have another bet. Do you want to know this? Do you think there will be Mission Impossible movies after this next round of Mission Impossible movies that, that will star Tom Cruise? Do you still think he's got several more in him? 
Gosh, he is strong. Mm. I think he's going to Harrison Ford it. And it's like, he's going to be 80. He's like, no, I'm doing another one. It's like, are you sure? It's like, no, I'm doing it. It's like, okay. I think he's, I think Tom Cruise is kind of special in that way Mm -hmm. where Harrison Ford got old. I think Ethan Hunt will age, Uh but I don't think he'll get old. Right. I think because there's the next round of Mission Impossibles, it's a part one and a part two. But then I'm saying after this part one and part two cycle, there'll be another one after that. Yeah. With Tom Cruise. Yeah. I Yeah. I, okay. I don't want to take that bet. I'm just going to agree with you. Perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, dokie. Well, that that was our that was our podcast, but we still have to decide what we are watching next. And we've we've got two uh, James Marsons in a row. If there's a third, we have to do a drunk episode. So give me a number between one and one sixty three. Eighty nine. The Heartbreak Kid. Please star James Marsden. Please star James Marsden. Please star James Marsden. Pretty sure it's got Ben Stiller. Let me just double check. I, he is on the cover. The Heartbreak Kid, starring Ben Stiller. And James Marsden. I'm going to look through. Another Malin Ackerman, though? Malin Ackerman, Jerry Stiller. Rob Corddry. Okay. Do we really want to do this one next week? Yeah, can of we, course can we, we do. Wait, can we, can we... Can we just make it a James Marsden movie? No. no, no the no, list no, demands. No, no, no. Can, can we just pick a new one from the list? Why? I don't know. For fun... So, no, that that's the list. The list says we gotta watch it. We gotta watch it. Okay. It's the Heartbreak Kid. Yay. With Ben Stiller. Yay. Directed by the Fairley Brothers. So we'll see if they improve or Yay? not improve upon their uh tried and true formula of um, gross out uh, romantic comedies like there's something about Mary what award did or Shallow Hal. What award? Yeah. Probably like most whatever. <laughs> Wow, that's a vote of confidence from Ryan. <laughs> Most offensive male character at the Women Film Critics Circle Awards. Do you think that's going to be Rob Cordray? And it was the winner. I don't yeah. know, but wow, I can't wait. Oh, can can you read me the uh, synopsis for this one? A newlywed man who believes he's just gotten hitched to the perfect woman encounters another lady on his honeymoon. It's a remake of a nineteen late nineteen seventies <gasps> movie. It's a Charles Grodin film, mm. and so Groders, good, good old Groders. I don't know why, for whatever reason, they they want to remake it. This sounds like it's ripe for a female Bellamy. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we'll we'll get into it. So that's next week. Heartbreak Kid. Remember to vote on the poll. Enjoy uh, Disenchanted when it comes out this fall. You know, we'll be there. First night, midnight showing. <laughs> uh, Callie, I love you so much that I would I would tear up all of your curtains just to make a dress. All of them. I don't have very many. That's, that's how much I it's love gonna you. It's going to be a short dress. That's how much I love you. It'll yeah. be really short and embarrassing. Well, I love you so much that I'd still go to the ball with you, even in that dress. <clears throat> And this is where we will say goodbye. Ryan and Kelly must bid you adieu. Thank you for listening to our review. Rate and subscribe, we'll even take a bribe. So see you next week on the Gentleman's Guide. To rom-coms. Giselle!